Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. So before even any greetings, if you hear any buzzing, <laughs> if you hear any buzzing in the background, I don't know why I always have um, background noises, but hey, <laughs> um, everything was really silent. And then I turned on the mic and my neighbor decided to start pumping water to their house. So I'm just wondering which of my enemies sent them because it was silent before. <laughs> so that's that noise that you're hearing. If at all you're hearing it, but hey, hello, <laughs> after ranting about my neighbors, and I hope they don't listen to this podcast. How are you? I hope you have had a great week. I have been busy trying to prepare for Perspective, which is my other podcast, and um, it's a podcast that I do every second month, and we record it live and record audio and video at K1 Clubhouse and the public in Nairobi can come and be part of the podcast for absolutely free. You just need to walk in and it's a podcast around gender issues. So first episode was on femicide. This episode, we're going to be looking at definitions of gender and gender roles. So what has influenced our definition of what a Kenyan woman is or a Kenyan man is on a personal level? Is it when we went through our period? Is it when we got circumcised? And those rites of passage that come with that. Is it when we turned 18? Is it when we started working? You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be a really nice and rich conversation. And I'd love to see you there. And I just unveiled our panelists. So you can head over to my Instagram. That's at Adelo Nyango. I've got such an interesting group of people who are going to be leading the conversation. And I'm so excited, you guys. You don't even understand. Because, you know... I really love these type of conversations. So even when I'm hanging out with my friends or with my family, I am that person who we could be talking about music and I will find a way to bring up gender issues, (laughs) especially after three glasses of wine. And so now I get to do it (laughs) with more people. I mean, why not? Right. So it's on the 3rd of September, which is next week, Tuesday at 6 p.m. And for those of you who are scared of starting something, perspective just used to be like this random idea in the corner of my mind that I was really scared of bringing to light because I generally thought nobody would give a damn. Nobody would show up. So I remember the first episode when we were shooting, I told my friend who does the video and I was like, please, if nobody comes, just go and get like (laughs) footage of people enjoying themselves and stick it into the video because I was just like you know what if nobody comes right it's a fear or what if you put all of this effort and nobody really cares for this show that you're you're or podcast you're shooting and those are real fears and it's A fear that I don't think really goes away because I still have that fear even now. (laughs) I'm just like, shit. (laughs) What if next week, Tuesday, nobody comes and it's just you and your panelists and you're like, well, I guess we could talk to each other, you know? (laughs) It's a fear that I really do have, but I just like forge through it and, and, and just think positive thoughts, try not to get drowned up in that anxiety. I really get bad anxiety before I do something like that, Um, something like perspective. But I try not to let it 
hold me back from the stuff that I really want to do. So basically what I'm saying is if you're sitting there and you have like a super fucking awesome idea in your mind, bring it to life. Just start imagine, just start with what you have and you never know what it could grow into being, right? Like even perspective aside, look at this podcast, born out of frustration. <laughs> and look how far we've, we've come, guys. So, so just bring that idea to life and don't let the fear cripple you to a point that you're not creating. Anyway, other than being a motivational speaker... <laughs> <laughs> and pushing you to bring your ideas to life. I have really enjoyed um, the last couple of 100 African stories. So the last two episodes, I split up Edgar's story into two. And he was talking about child trauma and finding his voice again. Why the fuck is there a truck passing right now? I said I need to move. <laughs> My neighborhood is too noisy. Okay, it's gone. Anyway, so Edgar has been talking about childhood trauma and how he has been working hard to find his voice again. And it was such a powerful story. Shout out to everybody who reached out and especially those who are shocked that you can get PTSD from growing up in a violent home. Um, but I'm loving that Kenyan men are openly talking about mental health. I mean, it's great that everybody's talking about it, but I love it even more that we're seeing more stories of Kenyan men coming out to talk about it. So today's episode features a story by a friend of mine. I met him years ago. Oh my God. I think I even still had dreadlocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had dreadlocks at a point, guys, even a mohawk dreadlock. I pray there are no photos of that on the internet. And this is not me telling you to go out and find those photos. Please do not. Okay. Let the past remain in the past. I have found wigs now and I'm content with my wigs. But yes, I'm <laughs> I met him back in the day and he was working for a music online distribution platform called Madundo. And, you know, I was working at a station that only played African music, so we got to interact. Anyway, first forward, I am binge watching shows on YouTube. Yes, I do that. And I come across this Kenyan show called Best Friends. And I'm like, oh, this looks quite interesting. It has a friend of mine, Brenda Wairimu. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, okay, I use the term friend loosely. <laughs> Just uh, trying to associate with celebrities. Please, let me be. Anyway, so I see Brenda Wairimu is in it. And um, then I see Thiru, a.k.a. Kim. I'm like, hey, he's acting now. And I think he did a really good job. So fast forward, I'm binge watching the show. Then I resign from Kiss FM that night went out, actually, you know, the night after, went out with my friends and my sisters to celebrate. Yes, I finally did it. Freedom. <laughs> and who do I meet in the club? Thiru. So I tell him, oh, I've seen you on YouTube. Like, I saw you acting and I thought it was really dope. I have this podcast. Could I come and record you someday? And we made it happen. Now, what I did not know is that his story is also on mental health issues. And he talks about battling certain mental health conditions for 15 years. Yeah, that's actually half my life because I'm 30. Yeah, 15 years. This year, this current year, because he's 31 now, this current year is the year he's really found his voice 
and he's found what sets his soul on fire, which is acting and is really going for it 100%. And I found his story super powerful and super inspiring. And also, it's pretty funny because Kim, Kim has a good sense of humor. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. My name is Kim Thirumungai. I am an actor, MC, and event manager. You can also call me the Prince of Africa, and I am from Nairobi, Kenya. Also from Nyeri as well. Just bring that out there. Mukorene Central Rep. Also, my mom calls me tall, dark, and handsome. Basically, I just started acting about like what, four months ago. But um, so the reason why I jumped into it is because for the longest time of my life, I went through uh, mental health. This was depression, anxiety, and a bit, as, as, as my therapist says, acute bipolar. Mm. Um, and I'd been going through this for about maybe 15, 10 to 15 years. Yeah, so um, it's been a journey and a half um, where I think this is, this is the year where I've literally opened up and like been moving. But I actually started speaking about it on my social media about a year and a half ago, just being more public about it. So I was around 50, 60, so I'm 31. Yes, I am 31. It's important to know your date. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know. I actually didn't know I had it. I had a, a couple of depression moments, and I didn't know I was like sad half the time in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Australia, and I started seeing a therapist. But even then, the therapist really just said, like, I think you're just a bit depressed. You know, mm-hmm. just, you're, you're okay. You're okay. So I kept seeing a therapist I used to, because I couldn't sleep. So they just used to give me sleeping pills. I found myself being an alcoholic without knowing I was becoming an alcoholic. Um, so what used to happen was that I was dating this amazing human being. Um, and this was in Australia. So the relationship was nice, but it, had, it was very toxic. It was mm-hmm. a very toxic relationship. I, out of the blue, one day just used to go to this liquor store. And my friend, who's now my best friend, um, used to run the liquor store. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd go into the liquor store and I'd buy a bottle of vodka every day. So one day he just asked me, because we're in the same uni, um, so he asked me, dude, hey, you're always partying this every day. I'm like, no, it's just for me to drink. It's the only way I can sleep properly. It's like, nah, man, nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. So I, for a while, I'd stopped going to him because I was like, ah, no, this guy's going to stop me from drinking. Because it's like, no, every time you come to my shop, we have to go back and drink at your place. I was like, okay. So that's how I started. That's how we became very close friends. Mm-hmm. So it started that way, started that way. And then now it became nice, slowly. He actually got me out of being an alcoholic without me knowing. Yeah. So it was a great, great um, shout out to you, Rooch. Amazing guy. But what really made us very close is that one day I didn't want to wake up again. So mm-hmm. I took a couple of pills. I was like, I just need to sleep. I didn't consider. I don't really consider it a suicide att- attempt, but it is a suicide attempt. Um, and I was like, I just want to fucking sleep. I just mm-hmm. want to like sleep for the rest of my life. So I took a pill like on a Wednesday. I woke up on Friday at like wow. one a.m. Um, so I was like, shit. I actually tried to go commit suicide. And the funny thing is, none of my housemates even tried to look for me. Nothing. Um, so it sort of made, and in long, like in hindsight, I'm like, Jesus, those guys were not my boys. Yeah. They really weren't, right? But at the same time, I don't blame him because, and I, I don't blame Richard as well, because that time it was around exam time, so everyone assumed, you know, I'm either in the library and that's what we're doing, right, the full time. So one day, about two weeks later, we're walking on the streets of Perth, and I'm with Rich and a friend of mine, and we're a bit happy, you know, things are going well. So I was like, I get married to Fungwa Roho. I was like, Rich, I don't lie to you. Um, 
couple weeks back, I tried committing suicide. I have never been punched so fast in my life. I hit the... You know me, I'm tall, eh? Have you seen a... You know how trees fall? Like, with slow motion. I literally fell like that. And um, so I drop. And, but for some reason, I didn't feel the pain. But then he's on top of me, literally punching me, right? As he's crying. And he's like, dude, you know you're my best friend. I love you. Why would you do this to yourself? I, you are loved. You are this. So I was just like, God damn. Mm-hmm. So that day for me switched up a lot of things. And then, yeah, so I, I, I of course, now stopped... Um, taking the pills, did that. Then I moved back to Kenya. Then I got back into the space again. And so I moved. I remember living with my mom, and we had this. We used to fight on a date over like it felt like a marriage until one day when my mom started doing therapy, and she came home and realized she sparked over me over the littlest thing, and she was like, "Oh my God, I realized what I'm doing wrong. I'm treating you as my husband, not my son." Mm. And she had dealt with. She was dealing with other like previous marriage problems with me mm-hmm. um, she's been a single mother since I was 12 so for her she had clearly not dealt with so much stuff that she mm-hmm. was bringing it into it yeah so it was it was a bit hard so she put me on therapy and it was great it was good I finally got cleaned up everything was going well and then I got married and then had a kid and then I just dove back in and I was back into depression and setting expectations mm-hmm. So the problem in the marriage is that we both had different views of what marriage was mm. and we never talked about it. And as men, we are providers, which is not a bad thing, yeah. but um, we tend to promise things and because we want the person to have, you know, our other halves to have the best of their lives. They don't know their dreams. We want to be able to fulfill their dreams. But then when we don't, we usually we put a time span in there. So like, oh, baby, in five years, baby, I promise you, I'm going to give you a house. I'm going to give you a car. I'm going to mm. do this for you. And those five years didn't happen. Yeah. So you end up back in that space because you're like, shit, I didn't do it. Then you start putting, because you put this pressure on yourself. Yet, please note, as the woman or the other partner in the relationship, you really haven't put that pressure on the person. Mm-hmm. But for, as a man, you're not thinking of it that way. You're thinking of it, no, I said I was going to do it, so I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's a good driver for some people. But at the same time, it's okay to say, imagine I can't make it. You have to be able to tell that with yourself. So the one thing I did very, very badly in that relationship was I literally set expectations and then could not fulfill them. And because I was too proud, um, I got back into depression. And so it was hard, especially because now I have a daughter and then work was not, like work was crazy. Like the pressure, I was an event manager then and there's so much pressure. So I was just like going through the most. And at the same time, I was really trying to get into the acting industry as well. I was trying to do auditions. Nothing was happening. Just like, oh my God, what is going on in my life? I feel like there's no direction. So it was, it was hard. Until like a year. So my daughter was about a year, one years old. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to tell guys I'm going through shit. And I was still seeing my therapist. And my therapist was like, oh, you know, you need to be a little more positive. I'm like, how am I? It's hard to be positive out yeah. here. I go into the office, it's toxic. I go home, we're fighting over who put the cup there. So I never had anywhere. So I used to just literally, when I left the office, I would not go home. And I would like literally like try to find a place where can I go hang out with the boys. Mm-hmm. And also another problem is, and, and I'll tell this to all married people out there, please hang out with other married people when you are married. Because hanging out with single people messes you up big time. <laughs> so yeah, so then we split up. And which actually I want to was actually a great thing for both of us. Um, because, and for our daughter, um, I think I have the most amazing mother of my child. She, I'm so blessed for her. 
um, to have her as the mother of my child because she's amazing. She's great. Like I would, you know, I do not regret. Mm -hmm. That's the one part I do not regret that she's the mother of my child. So they moved out of the house, and I remember I purposefully left. I went out of town that weekend. I remember getting back into the house. That's when I knew I was a really fucked up guy. So I get back into the house. Half the shit is gone, which is what we agreed on. It's not a problem. That was not my problem. The house was a bit of a mess, though. And in my idiotic self and self-centered self, wrote a really stupid message to her, upset about leaving the house that way. But in honest truth, I was just upset because it meant it was done. So I took it out on her. And I remember she came in the next day and we had a fight. And she was like, what's wrong with you? Why the hell could you write me that? And I was like, but how could you leave the house? And as that was happening, it hit me why I did it. And she's crying. I'm watching her crying. And I'm just like, you're such a fucking idiot, dude. You're such a fucking idiot. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why are you this guy? Yeah. And that's when I realized I am, it was done. And because I loved her and, 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 and I, was, I was really in love with her and I really wanted it to work, but it just, I was forcing issues. I apologized and I was like, I'm sorry. Um, I think I was just upset about it. And she's like, how could you, t why would you take it out on, on me and stuff? And I realized that's what I did during the whole relationship is I took out a lot of my depression and a lot of things out on her. It was hard that day, that day. But I, it, did, it didn't, like, it took a while for me to, like, really accept what was going on in my head and, and do all of that. So, like, post-marriage begins. So, of course, the first thing you do as a man is you go on a rampage. <laughs> You're like, fuck this shit. What are women? You know women have that thing? All men are dogs. Oh, my God. I don't want to do this. Me, I was like, shit. Me, by the way, women, fuck women. I mean, I'm not getting into relationships for shit. And I actually did. So, I told myself, I'm not getting into relationships for like two years. And that's exactly what I did. And, and then, so we fast forward to the beginning of this year. So, in the beginning of this year, I don't know what happened. I woke up one day and I was like, you know what? This is not me. I'm not about this life. I need to have more confidence in myself. I need to love myself. Um, how's my daughter going to grow up knowing this is the father? He doesn't love himself. He doesn't like, he has never followed what he, he does. And I was in a very, very toxic workplace, right? So I sat, uh, sat down and I put down my goals for the year. I started off with very simple goals. First is to be a better father to my daughter, better brother to my brothers, Kagoe and Moge. And then second of all, be in a movie or at least follow my passion of acting and then of course then the other goals the other kind of random random goals and but the one thing i also wrote was the type of woman i want in my life mm -hmm. so i made sure i write that down because i realized you know as, as, as you think you know you'll see a pretty girl i'm like hey so Adele, how you say <laughs> but you're just not compatible because also you don't know what you're looking for in a woman True. like you really honestly you're just thinking some people are maybe superficial it's about the looks mm -hmm. others about the mentality like it's a lot of things. So I literally wrote down all the things mm -hmm. I'm interested in. And it's so funny that once I wrote down my goals for the year, and I realized I started focusing on myself, two months later I was off the meds. I still get anxious, not even today. I still get, of course, human being anxious, still get a bit depressed. But now it's a lot more 
controllable like because mm-hmm. i've sort of put my mind into it i've now said this is what i'm doing but i've also put steps into it mm-hmm. so like for example i have an app on my phone called my affirmations um every day it pops up with a new affirmation because i'm really shitty at writing that waiting waking up every morning can i write that i love myself <laughs> i no, like i won't let you i'm not that guy <laughs> like i'll i want something to tell me mm-hmm. you know then i'll be like yes i believe it you know um, and so I started doing that. I found myself telling myself four things every day. I am loved, I am cherished, I am cared for, and I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. And I used to face the mirror, and that's literally what I used to tell myself. And I found myself doing that. Next thing you know, I did the audition for Best Friends Forever, which was so random, because even getting that audition was random. So a friend of mine calls me, it's like, yo, Jennifer Gatero, what's your number? I'm like, Jennifer Gatero? Wow. It's a woo. I'm not ready. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, can we, um, she'd like to audition you. So I was like, ah, now I'm not thinking. I'm like, now we're at work. When will I get time to go yeah. do all of this? She's like, no, no, let's do it over a WhatsApp video. I did my audition over a WhatsApp video. I know, right? Even me, I was like, what is this? Like technology, Naya. <laughs> like technology, Naya. We're like, we're moving ahead. And she's like, in one heartbeat, she was like, that you are perfect for this role. Anyway, so fast forward. Then I go into the first table read. So on the table read, I'm with Martin Givinji. And of course, I'm like, clearly, I'm not playing the main guy. Because mm-hmm. Martin, like, really, like, Martin Givinji, I'm the newbie. He's a guy. I remember Brenda and Victoria were not there that day because we were having conflict meetings. And so, like, also, the thing, the, the people who were playing. So she was like, oh, so the main characters are... So you're playing Chris. So she told me, um, Kim, you're playing Chris. Martin, you're playing Alex. So we're like, okay. So you open the script for the first episode. So I'm just saying, Chris, 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 Alex, Chris, Chris, Chris. <laughs> so I'm looking at him like, wait, I'm playing Chris. Like, yeah. So even Martin was like, I'm playing Martin. I mean, I'm playing Alex. Yeah. So we both look at each other like, okay. And I was like, so then she was, that's, that's when she dropped the bombshell of Brenda Wirimo is playing a girlfriend. I was like, wow. Victoria Gishora is playing your best friend. Wow. Okay, so that's you know, like the anxiety starts hitting you, like, oh my god, this is it, this is it, and like the pressure. So, but then, yeah, so we fast forward, we do the shoots, and on set was so much fun, Mm -hmm. they were so great. So, I remember the one thing Jennifer told me was, You are unnatural, I just need you to just work a bit more, but you got it, and they'll tell me different things. but also, I didn't go into it thinking, yo, me, I'm the shit. Yeah. Because I'm also going against, like, I'm not really against, I'm working with great human mm-hmm. beings. Like, guys who've been in the industry for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And here I am, this guy, young, well, not really young, but young guy, <laughs> coming in. It was the most amazing 10 days I have had. The other time I felt that way was when my daughter was born. And I was so excited. Like, I used to finish the shoots at, like, 3 in the morning, and I'd be back at 6 in the morning. And, like, I've not slept. Well, I've slept, but, like, you're still excited about the next day. You know, it's like a kid with new stuff. And I remember a couple of, like, my sisters and a couple of friends of mine were telling me that it was so funny how, at my full-time job, I would finish it at 5. And I'd have to be in the office at 8. I'd be waking up at 8.30 because I'm just like, oh, fuck, why am I going here? So it was so toxic. Let me tell you something. Like, the world is so funny. Like, I love how when life decides, it decides. Mm-hmm. And that's all this. I, like, I, nowadays I tell people, by the way, we think we have control. Yeah. We have none. You can plan. Plan, have an idea of what you want to do and plan what you're trying to do, but you have zero control of how to get that plan. Mm. So, of course, remember, I written that I want to be an actor this year, yeah. right? So, when I just did the, um, what do you call it, the, like, I just finished shooting, when I go back to the office, because I've taken time off, I go back to the office, 
drama just started happening all around like it was me and my boss were not getting along i was fighting with like i'm the guy who was like hey you okay, came in the office like i would talk to everybody i would never have issues i would never really have drama like even workwise there was okay of course usually it's events so you always have drama but like there was it was not people would never say kim is a bad guy mm-hmm. like kim is a good guy to go talk to her and the sad part about it is like like guys were on meds to keep up with the pace mm-hmm. and keep up with the toxicity that was our bosses so we go back and forth i fight and i'm like trying to fight for this job but i'm like why am i fighting for this job like what is making me fight for this job and then that's when i realized that i'm fighting because i'm worried about the money i don't know where i'm going to get the money from i remember sitting down with my mom and i was like yo listen i want to quit she's like what are you going to do i was like i'm actually just going to pursue my acting and she's like you know what do it asked my friends spoke to my brother kagwe kagwe is kagwe is my best friend and i love him so much because i sat with him a lot and he was like dude just do it i know you have a plan i know you can do it so i did it and so funny that i quit on the thursday so actually no, i quit like a couple of weeks before but like my my last day was the thursday before bessons forever came out the week after i remember the thursday and friday i was on the like on on one of the tv shows being interviewed and they were like oh you're the newbie blah blah so we talked about it and then the show came out on wednesday my instagram blew up and i was like oh my god what's so happening and then opportunities to start happening so nice again for phone calls for auditions i'm just like guys what and then it just moved and think things just started happening i said think about so now in that whole process i started talking about like different actors like getting the points of views of how do we deal with this and like how do you guys do with everything and so the one thing i noticed is that most actors do everything themselves then i was like okay me i'm going to do that so i had the amazing amazing chance of like meeting grace a couple of years back grace is my manager and we sat down one day and their plans and mm-hmm. i was just like and it feels right mm-hmm. you know but also surrounding myself with people like you know from like my so like my family is are my closest friends but also because going through all that i've been able to be public about it and be able to speak about it because like i want i don't want especially men to be out there thinking it's not okay to be emotional my cry i have zero issues which is weird because i can't cry in front of camera it's a problem <laughs> like she she's seen jennifer's like kim i need to cry i'm like i can't i'm trying the tears are refusing put me watch something oh my god oh why did the dog die why did he have to die like as if you should see me like it's 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 really funny i remember where, where, where i used to work um i had to be open with my boss because I, I needed to take time off like during the weeks of therapy because it was going really bad and so i'd be open with her and be like listen i'm going I actually for the longest I've been battling depression anxiety so I need to have like a Wednesday afternoon off because I need to go see my therapist and my psychiatrist to do it and everything but I think I also wanted to be like you know what I'm tired of holding this thing in like I like it's a it's a weight and a half it's a weight and a half and then also because like I realized for me not in a bad way but like I've always been compared to like my younger brother you know because he was he's famous and then you got me where he's arm dark skin he's light skin like he's a pretty wizard well he's known as what he's the pretty boy of the music industry in Kenya right now so there's always that comparison mm-hmm. and then one day I was like but I'm not him and it's so funny the day I did that Kagwe called me is like dude there's something new about you and I love it mm-hmm. I love it man like I love it so much I always think anxiety leads into depression. So most of the time most people are very anxious. So like for me that's how it started. So I was very anxious. I was get scared of fucking up for the lack of words in school, um looking bad, am I dressed well? 
then I get that anxiety where for me it was more of my stomach starts hurting and I really want to take a shit <laughs> but it's not the good shit where you're like yo you know after you've been drinking then you take like a morning shit that's like woo or if you're a smoker the, the cigarette and a coffee in the morning that, that thing is amazing <laughs> it's not like that it's like you have a running stomach like for me it was purely running stomach and I can't eat mm-hmm. at all and then of course that means I can't sleep the night, night before and that's why my like my insomnia started coming in and then I just don't want to get out of the house. I was like, no, 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 no. And then that's how my anxiety feels. So now because of that, because I'm not getting out of the house, now my depression starts off. Dude, you're, okay, fine. The reason why you're scared is because you don't think you're good looking enough. You're not hardworking enough. Like, yeah. you know, I know you like that girl, but you're never going to, like, I'm, I was, and it used to get to a point where I would sit in my room for two days. And I'm just in on my bed. And like the funny thing about me is like when I was in depressed when I was depressed um then it was I would sit in my house but I would not get out of my bed. But if you called me, I would talk to you like it's normal. I would not seclude myself. I would not I would seclude myself, quote unquote, seclude myself, but not really seclude myself. Because it's like I want the attention. I want you I want to know, I want you to know that you can call me in okay, actually it was pleasing other people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll do. Because even though even though I'm going through the depressed moment, I won't let you see it. Mm-hmm. So if you called me, so you're like, I tell us, okay, let me call Kim, I'll be like, What up, girl? How you doing? How you yeah, yeah, I know me. I'm just digs, chilling, just yeah, yeah, no, 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 I can't hit the club now. I'm so tired. You guys was out last night. I'm lying to you. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. Nowadays, uh, my anxiety is still stomach aches. I can't eat. I can take a shit properly now. <laughs> um, TMI, by the way, it's fine. But I can now, because of those things I tell myself on a daily basis, I now know I have a bit more control of it. I haven't got, I haven't learned how to get full control of it yet. It's, it's I think it's a process. I'm in no rush to get over. It. Like I'm not, in, I'm not, I'm in no rush. Not to say get over it, but to deal with it because I don't want to rush it and then jump steps that I need to go through to deal with it. And but depressed. Actually, I'm not I can't remember the last time I was depressed. At least this year, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. Really. It's more of anxiety, so which means it gives me a bit of insomnia here and there. But that's it. But the mo- the most amazing thing about me is like, and and one of the most amazing blessing I have is my daughter. Um, she's three, and <laughs> so she's in Masai Mara the other day. She was calling me. She's in Masai Mara, and I was like, I want to talk to her. And like, my daughter just talks to me for less than two minutes every day. It's a very simple. Hi, Dad. How are you? Love you. What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Love you. Bye. Mwah, done. But it's so funny how those two minutes changed my whole day. Changed my whole day. Just hearing that. Hi. She's so like, so my daughter has a British accent because of Peppa Pig. She's like, hi, Daddy. I'm just like, wow. Dude, you live on thicker road. Like my guy. My guy, a guy. It's fine. <laughs> so... Um, no, but like she's she makes me so happy. Like and especially when we spend like so we usually spend like a whole week together, which is the worst because the mother always complains because whenever I take her back, she's spoiled. And she's the reason why I, she made me quit. Like she actually made me quit. And I I say it made me quit and follow my passion in that I was like when my daughter's sixteen or thirteen and she comes up to me one day and she's like, Daddy, I want to be x i want to be a radio presenter i want to be an actor i want to be this or that i want to be able to say or to be like yeah i tried it do it in fact now you have a higher chance of doing it um you know she's best to have an uncle that is you know killing it in the game mm-hmm. so why can't she have a father that does the same thing mm-hmm. my mother my grandmother does the exact same thing she actually like she quit like i don't know how many years ago and she's like me i'm doing my own thing mm-hmm. so i thought about it and like 
I thought about what my daughter Mohaki would tell me in like five or six years from now when she's like, oh, daddy, I want to be a ballerina. I'm like, sour. I want to be a race car driver. Sour. Do it. Like, and, and I'll help you do it if you want to be. So my depression, the one relationship my depression messed up with was my, with my mother. And that is mainly because we both were going through issues. Um, and we didn't know we were both going through issues. So it's so funny. I lived in Australia for five years. My mom only came once, which is fine. Australia is fine. I don't blame her. Money is, is a problem as well. Hey, Shida, it's fine. You're literally traveling for a whole day yeah. to get there. Um, she, came, she came from graduation. She was perfect because she came for her birthday. And I took out, blah, blah, blah. But it's so funny. I only used to talk to her once a month. Um, and that's also because I, I didn't... Not that I hated my mother, I just found my mother really never loved me. Mm. And to be honest, a lot of my relationships were that, was me looking for my mother's love in them. Mm. So that is literally the relationship that messes up. And it's so funny that we went through, we both went through that phase together. So I moved out. I remember I, just did, I literally stayed there for like eight months and then I moved out. I was like, but hey, I can't do this. So I did my therapy and we slowly started coming back then me and um, the mother of my daughter broke up and now we're close mm. we speak i think for once we have something in common mm. you know we both you know like we both had kids we both divorced now and so she's like yo i know what's been through so like for her now it's our thing mm. um, but it's not really that we don't we never in fact we, we never talk about it since then we've never talked about it but that's the one relationship that was really messed up and i really i don't regret it um and there's a lot like I, I say this a lot i don't regret a lot about my past because it wouldn't have made me who i am today i don't think i'd have been able to appreciate what i have today if i if i didn't go through what i had yeah. you know i don't think i'll be able to bring up my daughter um, with an amazing mother like she like that she has, because we both now understand each other a lot differently. Yeah. Um, we're actually close friends now when when the mother um, and bless her soul, she's like I said, she's the most amazing woman I could ever have as a mother of a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's the one relationship that was very different. So when it came to acting, um, there was a moment where I felt like maybe I'm too old for it. Mm. Then I looked at myself in the mirror. I don't lie to you. I looked at myself and like, and I asked somebody actually, and I asked somebody the other day. So I'm trying to grow a beard, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's only because I'm really hoping I can get this. There's a role I really want, mm -hmm. and they're looking for somebody who looks like between the ages of 30 and 40. So I'm trying to go for that 30, 40 look. But then I realized something that day that I can actually play a 25 year old. Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe it's alright. But also I looked. Then I thought after that I was like, I, that moment and like going back to remember what I said earlier, where I was like, am I worried? And why I don't regret doing it earlier is because maybe I would not be able to put in this work that I'm putting in right now. Uh, I've not, maybe I would have not made grace because I maybe should be doing other stuff and would not be changing this industry that is the entertainment industry that is annoying. But, but I said, like, for me, and then also it set my goals differently because, like, for me, I, want, I'm, I don't think of myself as an actor in Kenya. I'm a Kenyan actor to the world. But also, I started listening to a lot of podcasts. Guys, please listen to podcasts. Podcasts are amazing, such as this. Um, so I'll say this. People like Lisa Nicholson, um, Jay Shetty, um, Steve Harvey to an extent sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Because like, I'm one of those guys of, like, I can't, I can't, I'm not motivated by, you have 24 hours in a day. You can't know. You have to take on. I'm just like, nigga, no, but I need to sleep. Like, I need to drink. I need to sleep. I need to, like, you know, like this. 
not everyone's made that way. Like, not everyone is meant to... And, like, my mother told me this one day. Actually, she asked me this right before I quit. And she asked me, and I always ask people every time they're going through a problem, trying to figure out what their career, what they want to do. And I always ask this question. I remember I was asking a friend of mine called Fedi, asking me this question. And so she asked me one day, you had all the money in the world. You know, Mwehaki, your daughter, don't have stress. Whether you're married or not, doesn't matter, but you have... Like, everything's taken care of. Like, you just wake up and you're fine. Mm -hmm. You know, Kim Kardashian style. Um, What did you do for free? That is your passion. That is what you'd love to do. And that's how I realized for me, like, that's my acting. Acting, I'm so passionate about acting. Like, you see me, like, I'm on YouTube watching things. Because that's another thing about the Kenyan industry. Like, the Kenyan market or acting industry is, like, there are no classes for adults. I'm very blessed that I went to Braeburn and Rusinga where you could do plays. And for them, they're very focused on that. You know, your Brookhouses, those international schools do cater to that. But what if you're an adult who one day just decides, by the way, imagine I've always wanted to act. I just never, now when I have the confidence. There's none of that. There's actually none of that. So I look for that. So that's why I listen to podcasts. Um, and I listen to podcasts at least one episode, excuse me, of somebody on a daily basis. Um, even if it's like an Instagram post, yeah. Maybe like a two, three minutes of IGTV. Yeah. Like that that gives you energy for the day. But you also have to find out what type of person are you? Are you the type of person that likes to be told you have twenty four hours in a day, blah blah blah? Or are you the one who like focus on your mental health? Because it's so I always tell people that once your mental health is in a good place, I'm not saying perfect, because to be honest, we're humans, we can't be perfect. But once you're in a good space, everything aligns. You start finding moments. Like for me, like <laughs> when I said I wanted to do acting and I started doing it. I started like doing things that were leading me towards it. People who I never thought I would deal with are calling me all of a sudden. Like, hey, buddy, yo, where are you free next week? Let's do this. Let's shoot a pilot. Let's do that. Let's do this. So I've been shooting pilots. I've been doing a lot of stuff um, behind the scenes with the idea that hopefully one day it'll happen. But of course, there's that worry, the anxiety of, oh, okay, I need to pay rent. I need to do this. Um, even with my event management, like to be honest, I had no idea what I was going to do because I was like, I know I'm focusing on acting and that's it. And then somebody called me, one of my old clients called me. I was like, dude, you're the guy. I don't want anyone else to work on this. So can you please come do it? I was like, oh, actually, I need to pay rent for the next six months. Huh? I'm a holler at you. You know, <laughs> like, so you, you, you'll find opportunities come up mm-hmm. without really having to really do it because if I could go back, I would tell my 15-year-old self, like, you are so hot by the way. Like, you have no idea, dog. You're tall. You're dark. Jesus, do you know how many girls like you dark, dog? <laughs> you're nice. Like, I know you're skinny, but, like, it's fine. There are girls who like that. <laughs> like, it's not a bad thing, bro. You don't have to listen to what other people think. But, yeah, no, and I should have really listened to my mom. I said, but, hey, Theodore, you are tall, dark, and handsome. And I should have really listened to her. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. Man, mothers are just always right. <laughs> you got to love them. And I really love the bit where he talked about um, his mom and him having a better relationship, especially after she started going to therapy and he started going to therapy. Because y'all know that I'm always advocating for people to go to therapy, but I guess everybody has their different coping mechanisms. But yeah, that was really nice because that's a dynamic that you don't see happen often in your typical Kenyan home, right? That the parents actually go for therapy. Yeah, I found that very interesting. 
But I'm so thankful to Thiru for sharing his story on Legally Clueless. And we are now on Spotify for everybody who DM'd asking. You can share that info with your friends in the diaspora. Um, those of you in Kenya who have hacked your way into Spotify, mm-hmm. <laughs> we know y'all, we see you. <laughs> you can now listen on the low to Legally Clueless. And you can also join the Insta tribe. Just search at Legally Clueless Podcast. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.